Because the Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believed the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Good to be with you here on the Canceled Preacher Podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, we were kicking around an idea here before we started and uh, possibly uh, going, well, I guess we're not possibly anymore. We decided we're going to do it. We're going to pull the trigger next week. When we record, we're going to go live on Facebook as well. And I guess that will be through um, our, our podcast page on Facebook. Um, so if you want to see it, you want to hear what we talked about early, you can tune into that. Also, if you want to comment or interact in real time you'll be able to do that um so we'll just give it a shot see what happens we've done um some video stuff but this will be live uh no chance to to edit or anything like that you know i used to edit this podcast um and kind of take out all the the ums and stuff but um well um i stopped doing that that right there (laughs) (laughs) but anyway i stopped doing that so i figured well it can't hurt um we can we can go ahead and, and and do that next week. Look forward to it. Hopefully you'll uh, we usually and and that's the one of the, the the problems we'll run into. We don't have a uh set time we we record it. It comes out on Mondays, but we record it anytime during the week. But usually lately it's been on Tuesdays. But whatever however it ends up working out, there will be that. You can also see the video later, but uh give just an opportunity, I think, for uh those who listen to get more involved, for us to get more feedback as well. And uh, I think you, uh, we'll, we'll all, we would enjoy that as well as hopefully you, you listening as well. Keep us on our toes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no chance to, to fix it. But um, uh, this has really turned into discussing um, your sermons. And that, that was a one, that was something that I thought was, was a, a good part about sitting down and talking. Talking about what you say in the pulpit. And uh, when, when a preacher preaches... There's no dialogue, and there shouldn't be. But uh, there are questions quite often that, that arise in people's minds, and so we get a chance to, well, you talked about this, and let's dive deeper, let's dissect it. And uh, your sermons uh, are anything but shallow, man. You do a lot of study, and you, uh, you, you quite often have mu- much more depth than what you're able to give uh, on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and it always seems like my sermons are longer than I wish they would be. Somebody said... Um, the more prepared you are, the less time it takes to say it, you know. And I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, I found that true. And uh, but I found myself just, you know, learning as I study and learn so much. I want to share everything, and so. But yeah. you never get past the first page. I never like. seems like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm always kidding around, saying, "Well, you know, I just got the introduction today." But uh, <laughs> anyway, so well, yeah, but. Um, and so, yeah, last Sunday, I spoke from Psalm 19, verse number 13. Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and read that? Yeah, this is actually... Um, this is David now. 19.13 is uh, the verse that precedes a very famous verse, 14. I'll read that as well. But um, 13 says, Keep back thy servant for also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Yeah, so I talked about David is praying, you know, and by the way, we should say this is a great man of God. The Bible says that David had a heart like the heart of God, you know, and so he was soft-hearted, a good man, but he was still a sinner, and it's obviously some of his sins have been made known to the world because of the Word of God. But, you know, it's not about David, and it's not about me or about you. It's about the Lord. And we are sinners, but the Lord is not, and he's gracious to save sinners. 
And David, of course, you know, he sinned with Bathsheba, and oftentimes David gets the bad rap. But think about this. First of all, why was Bathsheba bathing in plain view or in public sight, or at least in sight of David? But the bottom line is that David and Bathsheba committed adultery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that teaches me that it could happen to anybody. Right. You know? And so David is saying in this text, he says, not just keep me back from sin, but presumptuous sins and uh, or deliberate defiance. When I was in college, somebody had donated quite a lot of money. I guess it was a member of First Baptist Church, but to provide several scholarships for several bus kids. And we had a lady on our bus route. My bus route was between Wood and Western from 43rd to 51st Street. And we had a, a boy, I think his name was Miguel. I remember the mother's name, Dora, and uh, lived on 43rd, 45th Street between Wood and Honore, I believe it was. And so the bus director, Ray Young, called me in one day and had mentioned that there was a lot of money given for bus kids who are worthy to go to um, City Baptist School System, which was uh, started by Brother Hiles to have a place for city, uh, inner city kids, Chicago kids, uh, to have a school, a Christian school. And it was cheap. It was only $100 a, a month. And I remember often through going, to, going through college, um, paying for several kids, uh, to go to this Christian school, City Baptist School System. And uh, so Ray Young called me in and said, well, we're thinking about this one boy, Miguel, I believe that was his name, and asked me about his character and asked me if I would recommend him being the bus captain. And I said, no, that I wouldn't recommend him. And he asked why, and I said, well, because he's rebellious. And then Brother Young said, are you sure it's just not childishness? The kid was about 10 or 11, and uh, there was a mother figure, but not a father figure in the home. And he was a bus kid, you know. And so this kid was wired, and he couldn't sit in his seat and things like that. And I was constantly telling him to sit down, be quiet. Um, and so I just said, well, he's a rabbi. I tell him to sit down. Five minutes later, he's back up again, you know. And um, so Ray Young said, well, are you sure that's just not childishness or mischievousness? Now, and uh, and uh, I said, well, now that you put it that way, um, I, I don't know. And um, uh, he said, sometimes kids can just get carried away. And he says, sometimes adults get mischievous. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago between me and you, I had my office and uh, I had my desk right beside the window in the Buford house. And you said, don't eat these grapes. or what? <laughs> And then you went outside and you could see me through the window. And I saw you looking at at me, and there were those grapes, and, and I were, just, were, yeah, not that I was telling you not to eat grapes, but I had went and served myself some grapes, <laughs> and I had them sitting on my desk. I was gonna come back and eat them, and uh, it was actually my uh, desk that you were sitting at, and then uh, so you came into my room, and you sat down at my desk, and I said, "Hey, those are my grapes," and I step outside for a moment, and you just look me dead in the eye. And put one in your mouth. Just, <laughs> take that. So, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, you know, I guess we can all. Oh, get and a you got ornery. so tickled by it. I too. laughed. You laugh. laugh to this day. I sure that. do, because it was funny. <laughs> you, because you were on the outside, and I was in there saying, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> and I just took another one and <laughs> ate it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've done that to you and some of the kids several times. You well, know? T- speaking about being mischievous, th- how about the time when you um, um, you had mom in tears because I wanted you to play ball with me? Oh, my soul. Yeah, wasn't that the time that... I, I would hand you the ball <laughs> and I would want you to wait till I went to sit down so you could toss it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You were horrible. I was. No, a- I, so I, I would go... I would give it to you, and then um, before I got back to the chair, you'd throw it in the chair, and I just got so upset, you know? And it was a dumb thing to be upset about. And I would say, I won't do it again. (laughs) And And Mom was crying. I was crying. (laughs) That was hilarious. 
So hilarious. I, I, I don't know. So we can be pretty honest. Yeah, we can be pretty honest. But is that rebellion? <laughs> well, I interpreted that as rebellion, at least with this kid. And um, so anyway, so he sat down and explained to me some things about it. And he says, well, I think this ch- kid is just childish. I think maybe he's just hyperactive. Um, maybe he's not being deliberately defiant. Maybe he is not premeditating his his um, mischievousness or honoriness or sin. Now, rebellion is, you know, just, you know, in your face, God, I'm going to do it. I don't care what you say. You know, you're not my boss kind of a thing. But what about presumptuous sins? Well, it's a little bit different here. Presumptuous sins, that's, that's a little bit different from, um, you know, you'd say rebellion or especially forgetfulness or, you know, just getting carried away. There's different kinds of sins, isn't there? There's wickedness. That would be acts of depravity. There's evil. That would be sin that hurts somebody else in the context of sin, um, like slander, stealing, and murder. There's uh, iniquity. That would kind of be like being unfair with somebody and uh, trespassing and transgressing. One is a willful act of rebellion, while the other one is, is, is not willful. The Bible talks about sins of ignorance, the Scriptures say, as well as you know, um, sins that are open and uh, presumptuous. Anyway, what are presumptuous sins? Well, it's taking God's grace for granted is what it is. It's tempting God. And that's what the devil was trying to get Jesus to do. Tempt God, turn these stones to bread. Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It's based on the premise. It's easier to get forgiveness than it is permission. It's an attempt to force God to apply his mercy instead of justice. Presumptuous sin is the rape of mercy and just the mocking of his patience, the slight of his power, and the contempt of his love. And these presumptuous sins are really, really great. Now, all sins are are great sins, but there are some that are worse than others. Now, I want to read this to you. Because it kind of lays the groundwork. The Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26, it talks about willful acts of rebellion or willful, deliberate sins. And uh, they top the, they really top the list. And Christians, here's what we've done. We need to learn to make it sin exceeding sinful. We need to walk in the fear of the Lord all the day long. And it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. So what God is saying right there, if you know that you shouldn't do it and you do it anyway, there remaineth no sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. What he is saying right here, judgment and indignation is going to come upon you from God, which shall devour the adversaries. And then he goes back to Moses, and he says, now let's compare defiance in the Old Testament to defiance in the New Testament. And he says, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy? And then presumptuous sins, willful sin, deliberate defiance. This is what he says. You do that, you are trodden underfoot the Son of God Hmm. and counting the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing. That's not where God was sanctified, where he was sanctified. This guy's a saved man. Mm -hmm. He's sanctified. An unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Now, you just stop me um, whenever you um, have a thought or something, because there's a few other verses I want to read. No, yeah, go ahead. So he is going and equating that with the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, you know, like, like a child that was rebellious and just deliberately defiant to his parents. What's the Bible say? That kid is to be taken out and stoned with stones till he die. That's what it says. Judgment without mercy. Mm-hmm. In Numbers chapter 15, verse number 30, it says, but the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off 
from among his people. That's it. He's to be killed, yeah. you know. In Deuteronomy 17 and verse number 12, and the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister there before the Lord thy God or unto the judge, even that man shall die, and thou shalt put away the evil from Israel. Now, that's a good point, to put away the evil from Israel. Everybody wants revival. And by the way, let me just stop and say, I'm not too sure that God even wants us to pray for revival in this New Testament age. I don't really see that in the New Testament. Now, I do pray that God would bless America, but I wouldn't want God to bless America in the situation that America is in. Amen. What we need is for us to get to the place where God can bless America. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we ought to be praying for. God, um, deliver us from our sins. And uh, the idea of asking God to forgive us of our national sins when we don't have any intention of turning around, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so um, I, I don't know, but it seems like to me in this New Testament age, the prayer is not... You know, you know, uh, God, give us revival, but even so, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. The revival will be thy kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, I, you know, I'm 100% sold on that, but I will tell you, I wonder sometimes if we're past the point of revival. Mm -hmm. And because this is in your face, presumptuous sins. I mean, when a man can say he's a woman and you've got to, You've got to accept that and call him by the pronouns that he wants to be called. Uh, that is presumption in your face, God, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, what's being taught in the schools, even in Washington. It's just presumptuous sins, you know, and the whole idea when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful. They just go right down this slippery slope to where we are in America today. What's it saying? When we get to that place, even God gave the over to their vile affections, yep. you know, yep. and that's yes. where we're at. So uh, those uh, verses you read from the Old Testament about Israel and putting away evil, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misunderstanding. As long as the Democrats that are in office, they keep, they keep appointing these liberal left uh, district attorneys that will not prosecute, you know, um, crimes and just letting criminals back out on the streets, just letting them go. I mean, that's going to set the sons of men just to do it again, mm -hmm. you know, without any thought or fear of judgment or punishment at all. Yeah, the justice in, in Israel when God dictated these punishments uh, was not about uh, anything other than maintaining proper uh, 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 position with God. That was it. Okay, so... Uh, people want to, uh, you know, criticize God's method of execution. Stoning is so inhumane, and even some say they are to be burned. Um, had nothing to do with with anything other than Israel and God being uh, staying in the correct position. Yes, you know what I'm saying because uh, it it wasn't about uh, well that that's all that that entered into it. God had chosen a people, and uh, and in order for God to be in such close proximity, so to speak, with a nation. He said, "This has to be carried out." These that's right. These liberal d Democrats, and really the Republicans as well. I hope to God they get rid of McCarthy, mm. because he promised to get in there and do certain things, and then when he gets in there, he's hobnobbing with the Democrats. You know, um, these guys they say one thing and they get in office and they do exactly another. Things have got to change. No longer is it Democrat. Are you going to vote Democrat or Republican? You know what it is now. It's it, they're together in Washington. It, it needs to be the people against the politicians mm -hmm. is what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And it really is a vote for either righteousness or unrighteousness, you know, and uh, to allow to continue in presumptuous sins. We are killing ourselves. Here it is. We are starving to death spiritually. And um, and, and, and then the consequences are overwhelming in America. And then we're sending billions and billions of dollars over there to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And eventually we're going to lose that war anyway. You know, eventually it's going to happen. Um, but anyway, so we see the severity of presumptuous sins with Achan. Now, this is what people say today, which aggravates the fire out of me. What's the big deal if I miss church? What's the big deal if I don't tithe? What's the big deal if I lie? You know, it's a little white lie, stealing, that kind of thing. But little things lead to big things. And Jesus said, if you won't nip it in the bud, it'll get big. If you don't care for the little things, 
than the big things. You won't care for the big things. And so really, the best thing to do is just nip it in the bud. So Aiken, what did he do? He just thought, well, I'll just go and grab a little gold, a little silver, and get that babble, so you wanna, uh, that, that garment there and hit it. Well, that was a presumptuous sin. God says, don't touch the accursed thing. Well, he just did it anyway. Yeah. He sinned against knowledge. You know, he just he just did what he did because he figured, well, I'm just going to presume or assume that God is going to just, he'll just kind of let me go. After all, I'm saved. You know, my name is written in heaven. And God says, you know, you, you're going to act like that. You're going to get judgment without mercy. Yeah, so Achan, um, that was after um, Jericho. That's right. Um, so the, the walls came tumbling down. That's right. They and marched across the uh, Jordan River. They they won the great battle of Jericho, and then God said, "Do not touch any of the spoils." And that was that was strange, you know, command because that's what they did when you conquered a, a people. The spoils went to the victor, you know. So you would go in and spoil the, you know, the uh, the, the, the the city that you conquered. But you know what? Achan is a modern day Christian. Well, what's the big deal? Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to even care. It's not going to make any difference at all. All this is just going to be burned or thrown away anyway, right? And uh, so I'm just going to take one. And then they lost to AI. If you remember, AI was a very small town. It was like a suburb town of Jericho. Jericho was the big, big um, castle, you know, fortress um, city that was right there on the border. And, uh, of course, they won that battle, but then they lost the next one. Why? Because there was sin in the camp. Uzzah was another one. Uzzah just presumed, well, you know. So what's the story of Uzzah? Well, okay, so there it is, David. He's he's not doing what God said, and so he's he's putting the Ark of the Covenant. It's supposed to be carried one way on the shoulders of the priest, and David just put it in the back of a new cart and, uh, I guess, ran over some potholes or something. It looked like the Ark was going to tip and fall off, and so Uzzah just touched the ark to steady the ark so it would not fall over. Good intentions, but God said, because you did that, you're going to die. You just presumed that I was going to forgive you. You just presumed upon my mercy and my grace, you know? Well, uh, that's such a great uh, metaphor for um, modern-day Christianity. It's, you know, good intentions. It doesn't really matter how we do it as long as our heart is right. David even, well, we're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant. It's going to be a new cart. It's going to be a nice one. It's going to be the best I have to offer. Uh, Uzzah with his good intentions to uh, steady the ark. They, you know, they might say, "Well, you know, how could how could God not accept or be okay with this? Because after all, my heart's in the right place." Yeah, I'm doing wrong for a greater good in the end. You know, and that's what we see all the time. And people you know, people want to downplay the details. Now let me say, tell you something about all these soul winners. For example, you know, save the lost at any cost. First of all, you don't do that. You haven't paid any cost. You're just paying a a higher price than somebody else is paying. Maybe you're going a little bit extra time or supporting a little bit more. But you don't really believe what you're saying either, you know. Um, But um, so, you know, it's like the end justifies the means. Well, no, it does not. It does not. And Uzzah could have said the same thing. Isn't that exactly what Saul said? Well, I just saved the best of the sheep, you know, to sacrifice to God. And what does Samuel say? Presumptuous sins, man. That's rebellion. A rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And so he suffered for it, did he not? He sure did. Presumptuous sin. I'm going to give you a good definition. It is a presumptuous sin is a sin that relies on the success of the past sins that you've committed. Now, when I say success, I mean in the mind of those that commit the sin. It is committed with the idea that since God hasn't judged you yet, you can probably do it again and get away with it. So you're really playing Russian roulette with, you know, with God. Um, the idea is, well, God forgave me the last time I sinned, and apparently he's not going to do anything the next time I sin. Therefore... I'm going to go ahead and do it. But it's a, it's a sin that relies on the fact that I got away with it last time. I'm going to do it again. That's what it comes down to, you know. Okay, well, and then we start thinking, well, the, the penalty, really, it kind of, okay, maybe I'll, I'll have to deal with the penalty. But 
the the fun that I get out of it is going to outrank or outweigh the punishment that I'll have to experience from God. Therefore, I'm going to do it. That's a presumptuous sin, is what it is. And um, I, 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 you know, and another one, Nadab and Abihu, just assume that. God would accept their wrong way of worship and offered strange fire. And God says, you know what? That, that, that bothers me very much. And God killed Nadab and Abihu for that. And then when Aaron started to cry about it, and, you know, because he lost his kids, God said, I'm ticked off. And you ought to be too. I don't want to see you. You, Dad, I don't want you to even cry about it. I don't even see you cry. Mm. You know? I mean, that's, that's where it's at. The Israelites just assumed that God would give them the victory against the Philistines because they had the ark's presence, you know, and um, that is and so. Uh, it's so it seems to mirror so so perfectly what we've got today, where people will say, um, "Well, there's such a, a like like I said, downplaying of of the details." People want to say, "Well, you worship God how how it you know connect with God in your own way, or you know it doesn't really matter how you worship; it's that you worship." All this flies right in the face of that. That's right. Uh, God, you don't come to God on your terms. You come to God on his terms. Uh, and he's not going to accept just because you were sincere. And uh, God does want sincerity, but that doesn't uh, make up for disobedience. Uh, God made it clear that uh, there are certain things he demands. And just to presume that God is going to look the other way because you want to do it your own way or because you've got a better way. I mean, just the fact that we would say, you need to find your own way to connect with God. I hear that all the time. Oh yeah, modern, you know, these modern churches and things like that. That's ridiculous. That is, you need absolutely to figure out insane. what God wants, and uh, to do less is to pr- to to sin presumptuously. The whole Old Testament. Okay, so we are right now. We're teaching through the Old Testament right now. We are finishing up with Exodus tomorrow night. I will be starting um, in Leviticus and. Um, the whole book of Leviticus. In fact, the books of the law is basically you are a sinner, and so you've broken the law, you've broken the commandments, you've broken the covenant, you have been alienated from God. After they did that, what did God, Moses do? He took the tabernacle and moved it outside, far off from the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so God said, I'm going to dwell with you, but I'm not going to dwell with you in the midst of the people. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, Moses went out, but the whole tabernacle, all of it, the temple, all of it, is this is the God says, this is the way you approach me. This is the way you worship me. This is the way you get saved. You know, presumptuous, as far as I'm concerned, many, many Catholics, you're presumptuous. Just assuming that your good works are going to get you to heaven. You're insane when God says we're not saved by works. You know, now we may be saved for works, but we're not saved by works. We're not saved by baptism. As far as I'm concerned, there's a lot of people, especially who know better, that's a presumptuous sin. You know, preaching a false gospel is a presumptuous sin. And it's one thing for you to talk yourself into it. It's a whole nother level when you start talking somebody else into it. But that's where it goes all the time, does it not? I think it does. And so God shows the severity of presumptuous sins. Now, Now, again, there's different ways that we can we can um, define it. Well, one way is, you know, just sins that are not of ignorance. So you got sins of ignorance. You don't know. And then you have presumptuous sins where you do know what you're doing. And so in Numbers chapter 15, verses 27 and following, it says, and if any soul sin through ignorance, that means you still sin. Whether you know it or not, you still sin. And, uh, there, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. It's obvious after he realizes that, you know, that he had sinned. Well, I did it in ignorance, but now I realize it was a sin, and then it's got to be atoned for. And, uh, and the priest shall make atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly. And when he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him, it shall be forgiven him. And then in verse number 30, but if the soul that doth ought presumptuously. Now, that's a, that, that big word, ought, anything. You just do it presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger. The same reproacheth the Lord, that soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he hath despised the word of the Lord. That's pretty serious, you know, and hath broken his commandment 
that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Now, I remember one time I was traveling, I believe it was to Pennsylvania, and I got stopped and pulled over. I think it was on the interstate by a state trooper. This was years ago, 1980s, probably 83, somewhere around there. And, uh, and so anyway, so he pulled me over and I says, well, I, I, I didn't know that I was breaking the speed limit. I can't remember what it was, but let's just say it was 70. You know, I thought the speed limit was 70. He said, no, it was 55 or whatever. And I said, well, I didn't see any signs. And this is what he said. You know, the state can't, uh, there's no law that says the state has got to put up signs. And I said, well, how am I supposed to know? And then he said, well, you're supposed to call the state and find out. (laughs) That's what he said. And he said, because think about this. Anybody can can, um, paint a different number on the sign. Mm -hmm. Like instead of 55, you can make it 88, you know, something like that. Or they can just take the sign down, Mm -hmm. you know, just because somebody takes it down or somebody you know, you know, graffitis the sign or paints it over or paints another number. He says, does that give you the right to do that? And the devil does that. And I said, well, you know, I guess that does make sense when you think about it. And then he just said the basic, you know, we all say ignorance of the law is no excuse. And that's exactly right. And uh, it's your responsibility to know. And that's why you need to come to church. Mm-hmm. And if you don't come to church when you can and should come to church, that is just deliberate defiance. You know you should, and you're just not going to anyway. And there's going to be repercussions for that. There's going to be problems as a result of that. Anyway. So what's the next part of that? That, that After that that part of that passage just read is a story, and it's a tough one to, to stomach. Tough one to stomach, and the left, the liberals love this. So right in that context, God gives an example. The very next, the very next verse, beginning in verse 32 or 33. So there was a man that gathered sticks on Sunday, or we should say the Sabbath day, the Lord's day, the mm-hmm. seventh day. And so they saw him, and so somebody went and told Moses. Moses said, bring him in here. And, uh, and so Moses said, is this what you did? Well, yeah, I, that's what I did. So they put him in ward until they could figure out, well, man, what's going on now? You know, he, he just did this. And, uh, and so Moses goes, and ask the Lord what, what should be done about this. And the Lord says, he should die. You know, he needs to be killed. And they took him out and killed him, executed they him. They stoned him. They stoned him. Now, the leftists say, I cannot believe it's such a little sin. And God makes a big deal of a little sin. But that's how stupid people are. That's not a little sin. That was a deliberate act of defiance is what it was. It is hard. It is so. When you brought this up on Sunday night, um, you think about Aaron, you know, made the golden calf, or uh, David, you brought up, who you know committed adultery and then killed Uzzah, uh, killed uh, Uriah, um, and uh, there, you know, he wasn't stoned. Uh, I can't think of too many ways I'd rather not be killed than stoned, you know. Uh, right. And uh, you know, that doesn't it doesn't seem to 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 line up or add up uh, in. Well, uh, God it, also teaches in the Bible that the penalty should. Um, equal the the sin, okay? And so if you believe that, God teaches that, and if you believe that, then you understand how serious the sin of unbelief is mm-hmm. because of the penalty, which mm-hmm. is death and eternal hell. Um, and it's the same way here. So why is God, I mean, it seems like it should just be a slap on the hand, but it was the motive behind it, and it was the despising the word of the Lord Mm-hmm. It was a As, deliberate act of rebellion, is what it was. And you you addressed all that, you know, on Sunday night. You yeah, said, Dave, you know, anybody can fall, and uh, you know, it's, even, yeah, it's one thing to fall, and it's another thing to to just dive into sin. And even the Bible says hey, he remembers our frame that we are but dust, um, and so he understands the fact that that we'll make mistakes, the weakness of the flesh, yes. But what what he doesn't have the patience for is presumptuous, deliberate defiance. Um, and we don't either, you know. Uh, y- if your kid forgets something, you're, you're, you know, you're probably going to be more at- prone to be patient with him. Yeah. If he just looks you dead in the eye and says, "You can tell me all you want, I ain't doing it." That's um, a whole other level. That's a whole other, and it could be as simple as putting your socks in the hamper. Where you say, "What's what's so bad about leaving?" You know, I put my socks. In. It's not about putting your socks in the hamper. It's the fact that you are defying me, 
as opposed to, well, I forgot to, you know, water the dog and the dog died or whatever. Well, that's terrible. How could you let that? Well, he forgot, you know. Everybody can forget. Right. Um, and also, somebody might say, well, what about today? You get, what about David? I mean, David committed a dog. But, but see, th- there's a whole other different thing right there. You see, there is um, our, our flesh, which is... Um, it, it, it's just corrupt to the core. Right. And we're going to do what, what we can get away with. And that was David falling, you know. Um, he just he just fell for Bathsheba. I mean, there she was. The opportunity came up. And before pious people get to, you know, just too pious and judgmental, you know, it's like people, you know, preachers that fall and things like that. And they say, oh, well, yeah, it's so wicked and everything. Well, you've got to be kidding me. David fell, Jonah, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Samson fell. You, you know, this whole idea uh, of, you know, <laughs> people or so. We, we have this tendency to either deify or defy people, uh-huh. you know. Deify just, or demonize. Yes, yes. And people are people. Mm-hmm. And the best of men are at best men. And the best of sinners are sometimes the best of sinners. Yeah. You know, um, and so anyway. You take somebody, say, for example, that smokes, you know, and so the flesh gets addicted to it. That's not the same thing as deliberate defiance, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so you, you can really detect deliberate defiance and just, I ain't doing it, mm-hmm. you know. And what are you going to do about it, God? Just like if I remember years ago. So I was visiting a house of a young family, and they had a teenage boy about 15 years of age. I could not believe what I was seeing. I've seen this several times, but this just came to my mind. And so the mother said to the son, go clean your room. He walked right over to her nose to nose and just yelled at her and said, get out of my face. I'm never going to listen to you. Don't you ever tell me anything. Oh my goodness. And oh, my goodness is right. I could not believe it. I wanted to, I wanted to kill that kid, mm-hmm. you know, just ring him, <laughs> ring him out. And, um, you, you know, what, what that mother should have done should have done at that time was say, you're going to take your bags and you're getting out of this house right now. You know, I've seen it before. I'm thinking of somebody else right now. I've seen exactly the same thing. This time it was a girl was doing the same thing to a mother. And um, and of course, she's dead to this day. She died, mm. you know, and I wonder because God says, you know, you, you go ahead and do that kind of stuff. There's serious consequences. Now, I believe this girl may have been saved, but the guy. I don't, I don't think he was. I mean, he got away with that kind of stuff. You know, same exact thing. But all you got to do is just look at your kid and just say, you know, pick that up right over there. And uh, you, you, could, you could see real quick, you know, whether they're not going to defy you or not, you know. Now, there's passive rebellion as well. I get that too, you know. But we're talking about presumptuous sins right here. There, this is just in your face, God. I'm not going to do it. My name is in the book of life. I'm going to live the best of both worlds. I'm going to live hell on earth and heaven on earth at the same time. I'm going to do what I want to do. And um, it's just, you're just going to have to deal with it, God. And so I've talked to a man like over this very thing right here. And he was having marital problems, terrible marital problems. And so he says, I got to get divorced, man. I just, I can't, you know. And he was asking me about it. And I, I said, man, you know it's not right. You better not do it. And he said, well, I'm saved. I'm willing. He says, nothing can be worse than this, no matter whatever God punished him with. I said, man, you're insane. And he didn't get divorced. But uh, I said, man, you're crazy. I would not do that at all. Um, thinking of another guy right now who told his dad, well, church isn't everything, dad. You know, well, the guy's living a hell of a life. And I mean that. I mean, it's terrible right now. He may or may not be a Christian, but just the fact that you would say the body of Christ, you know, the pillar and foundation of, not, of truth is not everything. <laughs> if we don't have the truth, we ain't got nothing, you know. But just the fact that you would say that is walking awful close to the edge. You know what I mean? So um, people might criticize this whole, this whole talk of saying, well, you are fostering the spirit of fear. And uh, you even said that on, on Sunday night. You said, I used to hear preachers say, man, I'd be afraid not to, you know, obey the Lord. I'd be afraid to, you know, spend God's tithe. And you said, well, I used to think that was kind of, you know, extreme. But I've now- heard Bo- Brother Hiles say that, for example. 
I, I remember him saying, I would be afraid to have God's tithe in my pocket, you know, but yes. I'd be afraid, you know, to, uh, you know, just be out somewhere on a Sunday morning when church is going on. I know I'm supposed to be in church. I'd be, and then people will come back, especially these, you know, people who have uh, found grace and they're, uh, they've been delivered from all the legalism, you know, as they call it. Um, and they would say, you know, God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. God loves you. And, uh, you know, he's like we talked about last week. He's, you know, he's just uh, the kind, loving. And that's a father. wonderful thing. So long as it doesn't lead down a road of presumptuous sins. So, uh, you know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So are we supposed to be walking around all the time scared of, of crossing God? Um, or have we been delivered from the spirit of fear? You know, that, that's what people would come back to you with. You know, I've heard, him, I've heard him do that. You've heard him the same as well. Well, let me ask you, all those folks that might be thinking that. Do you like getting spanked? When I was a kid, my dad didn't spank me very much. But when he did, boy, I mean, it was very humiliating and very painful. Pull down your pants and lean over the bed. I'm going to give it to you leather on leather, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember one time I went fishing someplace where I wasn't supposed to go fishing. And he said, well, why'd you do it? That was deliberate defiance. I knew my dad didn't want me to do it. I did it anyway, you know. And um, Johnny Taylor talked me into it. He said, nobody will know, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I went. And he caught me. And he took me home. And he says, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. But, Dad, I forgot. He said, I'm going to give you something to remember, you know. To this day, I don't go back, you know. And, um, and, and, and so, I've st- actually, I was thinking about this just riding to, uh, to work this morning, thinking about, you know, really those that don't discipline their kids, you know, are really, they, they hate their kids, you know. Yes. That's what the, in fact, that's what the Bible says. Right. Um, you don't chase him in beat times, you hate him, you don't love him. That's right. Well, anyway, and so... Um, if we understood the consequences of sin, which means, this is what I think. You're talking about fearing God. Okay, let's, let's put it in a, in a compromised position. How about we just fear the consequences of sin? How about we say it that way? Mm-hmm. You know? But I also think that we ought to fear God because the Bible says fear God. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. Yes. Right? And, um, but I think it's in the context of, you know, God's going to chasten you. Yep. And the Bible says, whom he loveth, he scourgeth. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, we have, uh, we, and it's interesting as we understand this, as long as, it's, as long as we know the motives, then we're so forgiving with, uh, with things like this, like God's you know, lack of patience for this stuff. Like um, when I was growing up, we had a good relationship. Yes. Um, and we enjoyed spending time together. And when I was a 12, 13, 14-year-old, um, we'd go fishing. We'd go ride down the, make a hospital visit together, that kind of stuff. We enjoyed time together. And um, uh, I did not spend all my time in your presence scared of you. And the reason why I didn't spend all my time in your presence scared of you is because I was scared of you. Right, now, but also you were in my presence. Well, yeah. but Because the, you're not, you're not going to defy me right in my presence. Right, you know? but the fact is because I knew you would discipline me, it allowed me to have a wonderful relationship with you because when I was with you, um, we had a good relationship because you were willing to discipline me. And uh, we can see that, you know, it would cause me to, to behave when I was with you. And then that, that allowed us to have a good relationship. Whereas, uh, you know, I say it this way sometimes when I'm teaching on it. I say the fear of God is what delivers you from the spirit of fear. If you fear God, you don't live in the spirit of fear. If you don't fear God, then you will and you will have to endure the spirit of fear because God's going to come down on you. But if you, uh, you know, as a son, uh, I would I would never dream of getting in your face, you know, like that one kid did. I I'm ter- I would be terrified to do it. I mean, me either. I, uh, I, yeah. And, and people who don't live the Christian life in the spirit of fear are still terrified to just despise God and uh, just get in God's face or just uh, uh, presume that God's not going to do anything about it. Um. So there can be both, and there is both. God says it. God, God wants us to fear him, but he also doesn't w- expect us to live it. You know, he's delivered us from the spirit of fear, but they're both true. And there ought to be a, a th- there can be a fear to sin presumptuously. That's where this prayer came from. David said, help me. I'm afraid to sin presumptuously. Please yes. help me not to go there. And uh, 
uh, it ought to be the same for us as well. And that's what can yield to that. I'd be afraid to cross God on, you know, on purpose or on accident. I don't want to do it. Uh, I just want to be, uh, you know, I want to live within his favor. Uh, well, I'll tell you something. There's been a lot of books on child rearing and everything, and I'm not saying I have all the answers. Um, I think, you know, give credit to your, your mother, you know, but, um, you know, I'm very, very pr- thankful for my, all my children love the Lord so much. And, and, um, I'm just, I'm so blessed about that. All serving the Lord, all in a good church. And when I mean good church, I mean independent fundamental Baptist church. I don't mean a good church as some liberal left, you know, recovering fundamentalist church. <laughs> None of that stuff. How long is it going to take you recovering fundamentalist to recover? If you can't recover in this time, why don't you just go back to where you got out of, you know? And I'm not getting out of or learning or transitioning out of fundamentalism, brother. <laughs> when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen. But um, I, I never did discipline you very much at all, you know? I mean, uh, in fact, I remember one time when you took the car. We, you know, we, we lived on five and a half acres out, uh, outside of town a little ways in a small town. And you had ran into a post or something like that with the car. Accidents happen. You know, no big deal. It just happens. You know, um, somebody broke my computer the other day. I mean, it was the one that was given to me for my th- a couple of years ago for my 30th anniversary here. It is what it is. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to ruin a relationship to try to figure out and make somebody pay. I'm not going to do that. And as far as growing up in the house, you know, I never punished kids for spilling the milk or being just mischievous. Never did to this day, you know, and, uh, I have a son, right, you know, right now still in the house. Uh, he'll start beating up on me, grabbing my foot. He likes jujitsu and, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. And, man, I don't put, I, I, you, know, I, you know, I just deal with it. Because uh, I took um, self-defense classes when I was a kid growing up. I belonged to the YMCA. Took judo, karate, and all that stuff, and all the things that the Y had to offer. And uh, I remember always beating up on my mother and my, <laughs> my sister. And I'm thinking, boy, yeah, boy, I'll tell you what, chickens come home to roost. <laughs> but, but um, you know, but I never did, I never did um, permit defiance. Just deliberate, in-your-face defiance. You know, you can just get out of the house. Yeah. You know, for example, I remember when your son was about, I guess, about four or five, Jared, and we were talking about this the other day. And uh, and so little kids are going to try you, you know. They're, they're going to test you. You're going to find out how much they can push. And if, if you don't nip it in the bud, they'll just keep on pushing and pushing. You're going to be on migraines, you know. You're going to be ready for the funny farm. But mm-hmm. you can nip it in the bud. Yeah. And that's what God is saying. you got to nip this thing in the bud. And so we have a we, we, we have a cuckoo clock, you know, we got from Germany years ago. We brought it back as a gift. Funny thing, you, yeah, can't, right. you can't take it on the plane. You have to send it over. You have to buy it. Oh, wow. And then they ship it over because it's somehow, I don't know. Right con- from the Black Forest, right? Contraband. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, Contraband. <laughs> yeah. I, I, something. I can't remember what it was. But we got it in the mail. And uh, who knows? It may have came from Cambodia. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? But, any, wow. but anyway. um yeah, we went to um, House of a Thousand Clocks, okay. and I guess there's probably 100,000 clocks in there. But anyway, and so Jared, he climbed up on the, y- your oldest son, so he climbed up on the chair, and he was pulling those, um, those the playing with that pendulum or pulling that thing, you know, or the weights or something. Yeah, the weights. And I said, I said Jared, don't, don't touch that, and don't pull those. And, uh, and so he, he just looked at <laughs> <laughs> like any kid would do, you know. I would expect him to do it. He just looked at me, and he started pulling it again. And I'm telling you what, all hell came loose. <laughs> I I got up and I grabbed him firmly. I didn't hurt him. I didn't spank him. Um, of course, I don't think that's my position, the place to do that. But I said, you you defy me. You could just get out of here. Get out of my presence. Right. You know. And I read him the riot act, and I don't remember what I said, but scared him to death. And the next thing you know, he's done run off. We couldn't find him. We were going to call the police. He went and hid under a, a couch, and then <laughs> we told you about it later. And what you said? said, people was going to spank me or something. <laughs> but I don't have this problem to this day. I just look at him and say, son, you ain't going to do that. Right. But it's deliberate defiance, and I'm not looking to, to build up a bunch of rules so that I can, you know, make it hard for him not to deliberately defy me. It's like, you know, God doesn't say thou shalt not eat, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where 
that kind of a thing. But um, but on the other hand, it's it's a serious thing to just let this stuff go. Yeah, it's the gone are the days where we take stuff like that seriously. You know, people coming to church and flip flops. You know, um, just taking the things of God. Uh, we don't take them seriously anymore, and it, it, it we need to get back to the place where we do. We take God's word seriously. We take his his uh, anger seriously, uh, just as you would your own father. And you can have a great relationship with your dad and still be afraid to defy him. Right. Uh, and you can still live in grace and, and enjoy God and, and realize he loves you and still take him seriously and still not trample under, well, like I said, trodden underfoot the grace of God. And do um, despite yes. to the spirit of grace. Yes. By just presumptuously assuming, well, God's going to look the other way. God's just going to have to deal with it. Well, thanks again for joining in with us. Remember, next time we do this, we're going to be live on Facebook, so you can um, listen to it. And yeah, so we this... have not been editing um, our podcast now for several weeks, and so we figure, well, we might as well go live, give you an opportunity to get uh, to get it as soon as it is uh, published. So this is um, this is this will come out on uh, what is it, October 9th, I guess, and so. Um, it would probably be the day after that that we'll go live for October 16th episode because it'll come out on Monday. But uh, And there's not always the guarantee that we'll do it live the same exact time. Right. But you can also watch it you know, on demand after it's been broadcast. Right. So we'll just see how that goes. Who knows? We may not continue. It just depends. Um, if we. Uh, so but we do like your interaction as well. Yeah. So keep on bringing your thoughts. Yes. And so don't forget to reach out to us on the email as well um, and also next week we'll be able to interact in real time if uh, you're able to catch that but uh, reach out to us at the canceled, G- uh, the canceled preacher the canceled preacher at gmail.com and we'll be back with you next week